On the Aggie Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Gary Anderson. Brought to you by America First Credit Union. Financial solutions for every need. Bryant Heating and Cooling. Whatever it takes. SC Needham Jewelers. Where Utah gets engaged. And by Wingers. They're freaking amazing. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerrard. Welcome on in. It's another it's another edition of the Gary Anderson Coaches Show. Welcome in to Wingers here in Logan. Scott Gerard with you as we wrap up another, uh, well, this time we're wrapping up a bye week, looking ahead to what should be a fun game against Nevada coming up. Uh, Coach, I always like talking to you because not just about the X's and O's, but also kind of, you know, figuring out how things work kind of behind the scenes a little bit. You had another bye week. Uh, this is so essentially two bye weeks in a month. Um, is that is it beneficial? Is it do you treat this one maybe a little differently than the other one? How how has the last couple of weeks been for you? It's been good. You know, um, you always do the best to make the best of the buys whenever you're going to get them. In, in my ideal world, we'd play twelve football games in a row, and actually we'd play ten football games and have no buys. That's yeah. what I would like, but that's not going to happen. So. Um, you know, this one was different. Uh, even though a lot of it was the same as, there was still some differences to it. We really had a chance to go and, you know, self-scout yourself a little bit, make sure that you're preparing yourself for where you sit from an injury standpoint to get the right guys on the field and all the things we've kind of talked about all week long. But that's a key part of it is, is just to, you know, you want to investigate yourself if you yeah. can, and you also want to make sure you get the best 22 kids in positions to be able to play. And uh, what's going good, look at it and uh, keep doing it or adjust it to make it even better. And if it's not going well, then adjust it and you know, do what you can to make it work the right way. So um, then obviously the recruiting part of it, working with the young kids is always one of the funnest parts of um, – by weeks, you know, get out there and be able to spend time, real football time with those kids. So it was productive. You know, the other thing, too, is there's probably a lot of guys, just because of the, you know, the urgency of the season, you don't get a chance to work one-on-one with a lot of these younger, you know, freshmen, sophomore guys that aren't necessarily in the rotation. Probably a good time for you to be able to evaluate and work with those guys a little bit more closely. It is. It's a, it's a great time. And, you know, now they've been in the strength room since they've been since the season started. So they're six, seven, and eight weeks, I guess, now into from two days into the into – the, uh, weight room which has been good so you can kind of see that try to transform themselves with their body and getting on the field and you know the individual drills are really important and it's great for us as coaches to be able to evaluate them it's great for those kids to now get back with their position coach a little bit which they haven't done since you know fall camp when those two bye weeks have been able to do that but when we have as many young kids as we took you know we know you know 53 new kids in the program a lot of them are traveling um, but a lot of them are not and it gives yeah. us a chance for them to really just you know get with their coaches and understand hey you know what we're still here for for you we love you we love what you're doing you know on the prep prep squad and everything else but we actually sent the older guys in into the weight room and they weren't even on the field during that time and we just had productive time with the young kids for you know 20 30 minutes when we could overall too and i know we don't need to get into specifics here but probably a good two weeks to have off for health reasons yes it was um yeah those uh, the trainers have been busy weight guys have done a great job and i think you know we have a really really good uh, relationship between the weight room and the training room and uh, the training room and our doctors and the communication is fantastic and then our kids
kids do a nice job of working like crazy to get back. So um, they're getting the best treatment that they possibly can and the best advice they can get. And I think our kids are following through well with that. So, um, you know, there's some key pieces of the puzzle. You want to get back out there on the field and, you know, hopefully they're there. They're, they're back with us this Saturday and we can keep them healthy as we go through. And those, some of those injuries are kind of nagging at times, but yeah. uh, they are what they are. But, you know, you get to this point in the season, pretty much everybody's dinged up to a certain degree. They I'm are. Sure. And yeah. that, that's so very, very true. And that's when we looked at it and we said, okay, now we're kind of dinged up here. And we actually have taken a couple position changes. We've gone through the last couple of weeks. And some young men are now backing up that uh, were freshmen playing other positions. And they're going to move over and play, um, you know, potentially like the safety position is a yeah. scenario where we're looking at saying, hey, there's some young kids are going to hop over there and go, um, which is exciting. It's fun for them. That's a breath of fresh air. And they're excited for that opportunity to compete. And, you, know, you can never whine about injuries. I mean, the day you whine about injuries, you're, you know, you got to talk to somebody who really cares. So we care about the kids being hurt and injured, but no one's going to sit there and, you know, give you a little, uh, you know, oh, sorry, sorrow talk. It's yeah. Gonna happen. I don't think anybody from Nevada really cares about nope, your injuries. They don't. No. Nope. And <laughs> vice versa. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh, when you also look ahead to, and, and I wanted to get back, I talked to Coach Sanford a little bit today. And, and, you know, you go through a season and you get routines with play calling and down and distance. I got to imagine this is a time to kind of say, okay, are, are we showing anything that we shouldn't be showing? Do we have tendencies that we need to evaluate at this point? I'm sure that's good for a bye week as well. It is. And it's good to talk to the people who you know that you've competed against. And LSU was a great opportunity for us to do that. You know, when we obviously with the relationship with Dave and Bill and um, with Corey, it gave us a chance to be able to go back and say, hey, what'd you see? You know, we're not going to see LSU again. So um, we got some information there. We were able to self-scout ourselves, self-evaluate ourselves, and, you know, hopefully it'll pay dividends. And, you know, goal is obviously to, you know, score a bunch of points, and that's what the offensive guys want to do. So it's interesting. So you call Dave up and say, okay, now the game's over. What did you see from well, us? Dave, Dave's actually the, the, the famous one for that. So yeah. he wants to, he, he relayed the message to Zach like three minutes after kickoff. It was after, excuse me, after the game was over. It's like, you know, like, hey, hey, have Coach Jay call me so we can talk. And so I called him and we talked, and it was good. I think it was good both ways. It was good for them. It was good for us. And um, But, you know, I, I think that's a, it's a great thing to do if, when awesome. you know you're getting the correct and the real information, yeah. right? It's not pretend stuff. So uh, Gary Anderson joining us. It's the uh, Coach Anderson Coaches Show as we get you ready for Nevada coming up this weekend. Now, coming up a little bit later on, you'll have a chance to hear from uh, some of the players. Excited to hear from these young men. Also, you have a chance to ask Coach a question. If you've got some questions or thoughts from Coach, we'll get to that in our third segment. It's all right here, live from Wingers. We'd love for you to come by and hang out with us, grab a bite to eat, and uh, hang out with Coach A. It's all right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. It's also a chance for you to show your Aggie pride at any Wingers location. Use your Aggie Visa card to pay for your meal and receive a free dessert. Plus, you'll be entered to win an Aggie football package, including tickets to the next home game. Stop by any USU or Golden West Credit Union branch to pick up your Aggie Visa card. Congratulations to Mari Carroll for being selected as this week's winner. USU Credit Union will be reaching out to you to redeem your prize. Go Aggies. All right, coming up next, we continue on. It's the Coach Anderson Coaches Show on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to 
the Aggie Sports Network as we bring you the Coach Anderson Coaches Show. We're live here at Wingers in the Cash Valley Mall. Love for you to uh, catch, uh, stop by and uh, say hi and catch up with Coach A. Chris Unga is going to join us coming up a little bit later on as well as Dominic Eberly, and uh, we'll talk a little special teams with him. So excited to uh, catch up with those young men and uh, hard-pressed to find two better representatives of Utah State and these guys, too. Yep, they're great kids. Um, kind of both ends of the spectrum there, too. No doubt, no doubt. You know, Dom is having a hard time right now because I don't see soccer on in here, so it's hard for him to <laughs> actually watch TV when it's not a soccer game. So, But, no, two great kids. And, you know, I've had a lot of opportunities to be in the in the defensive line room, spend a lot of time with, with Chris and the crew in there. And getting to know him has been awesome. You know, he's been here for a while, and uh, he knew he knew Chasen pretty well when he was here. So, um, you know, he's, he's one of those guys, I think, that uh, spend a little bit of time at my house. So his name, I don't know if his name's on that famous bowling pin we talked about. But uh, great kid. He's got himself moving in the right direction, and uh, they'll, they'll both be very successful and continue to keep hanging around with the football thing as long as they can. Both of them will. There's no doubt about it. They're great players, and, and they just have a, a real push. This senior class um, is, uh, you know, very focused and continues to stay focused and every day you challenge kids it's one of those things I worry about is just you know you got to know where you're at be in the moment enjoy these times because they go so yeah. fast uh, but this crew seems to do that every single day and I, I probably drive them crazy saying it but there's there's two great young men right there and um, I'm proud and I'm lucky I had the opportunity to spend a year with them how's the uh, home renovation projects going almost done yeah we're almost pretty got close. It there. yeah, yeah. we're, we're uh, moving in the right direction so I, I came home today the patio was done for three days I came home to Day and all the patio furniture was in the living room so i don't know exactly what <laughs> happened but yeah we're, we're getting there so it's gonna it was well worth the wait so nevada let's talk a little bit about nevada defensively they kind of have a weird odd front that they can uh, that they throw at teams uh defensively uh what what do you see out of them defensively they have given up some points they have given up some yards but it, it, it is a little bit of a uh, of a different system that as opposed to i think uh, arizona ran it rich rod mm-hmm. had that kind of system what, what what goes into attacking a defense like that well you know they first off those those three defensive linemen they're playing in there and they play more than three but there's yeah. three of them in the inside at a time there's a, just the guy on top of the center and the two four eyes and um you know, playing in that front when you have really good players, it's hard to run the ball inside the tackles. Um, and, and it's a good front. We run it sometimes also. Uh, but you can, you know, disguise and move some coverages around and move those outside linebackers around a little bit. So the early detection on finding where they're at, you want to try to smoke them out a little bit on offense to kind of see what they're doing. Are they bringing a pressure? What kind of zone they're playing behind us? And, you know, I suspect that they're going to be much like many people have played us. They're going to try to play, you know, some man coverages and cover three against it and mix and match that and try to, you know, confuse us a little bit and stack the box in the run. And, you know, kind of say, hey, we'll uh, go ahead and try to run it, and uh, we don't think you can, and we're going to play good coverage back behind it. So it's it's a good defense, good solid D, and you know, it's all like anything else about the personnel. You know, yeah. the Sewell kid's a really really good player. He runs around, he's physical, he's a very good tackler, and he fits in that front very well as far as being a linebacker running around in that front. And the front guys again are very physical. Um, and then also too, you look on the offensive side, and you're up against a uh, a bowling ball as a running back. Yep, um, that's a kid that can get after it. Kind of. Does he have the kind of same tendencies as Jalen, where he's just looking to initiate contact? Yeah, they both want to be physical. That's uh, it's that's a it's a good comparison. They both are they have they both have their own little running styles, obviously, and they're going to be them on how they run the football. But they're both very good backs. Have been uh, proven backs that they've uh, done in their careers, and you know. Um, 
physical, tough-minded, uh, bounces the ball outside, inside, wherever he needs to. And, you know, the, the last game, uh, he kind of just took it in his hands there on the last drive and said, hey, give me this thing and we'll go get this in the field goal, field goal range and kick a game-winning field goal and go in the locker room and celebrate. And that's kind of how it went. Um, and then, you you know, you look at a team – like I mean, let's – you know, we, we've talked about the schedule a lot, but – but you had two conference games. You come away with two wins. You have to play LSU. And then it's a bye week. I was talking to somebody. Like, it feels like forever since we've played a conference game. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, it has been. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. To, and, and is it difficult to kind of get back into that grind of, of week in and week out? Well, I, I don't think it's real difficult, but there is a difference when you're playing, you know, conference games. Um, yeah. I mean, there absolutely there is when you're in a position to, you know, you're 2-0 and and um, a lot of other teams have played three games and there's so many teams that are still in it. You know, Nevada's right there. Nevada has one loss. You know, there's a couple teams with no losses and some with one and a couple with two. So yeah. that's everybody's still in it right now. So I don't think these kids have any problems seeing this as a, as a game that they're ready to jump back in and go play and be excited to go play. Uh, they know that the, the conference games have a little bit different edge to them um, but you know every game is a tremendous opportunity and I, d- I really think this team is is unique in, in a very good way because it's every game is is really really important to them and I don't think you can say that I know you can't say that about every team every year to say we played 12 games 13 games 14 games and every game was really important to these kids I mean when I walked out today and we, they broke the huddle they want to play. They're yeah. excited. It's a great opportunity for them. And um, I just think that's it's, it's a special crew that they love football, which is that's so fun to be around. Well, and I got to imagine there's probably some dudes chomping at the bit because, you know, the LSU game didn't go the way a lot of them would have wanted. Then they have to sit and let that stew for a week. Yep. These guys probably just want to get back on the field. And, and yeah. yeah, they're ready, they're ready to go play. So we're ready to go play in the rain again. And hopefully not. So I say that because I hope I'm wrong. So, um, Knock on whatever yeah, this we'll, is here. We'll see what, what takes place. But no, they're they're ready to go. It's going to be it's a long time till we kick it off. Obviously, those eight fifteen kicks um, that we're all so fond of. But these kids, they're ready to go play whenever they get the opportunity. They'll be excited about it. Do you take some lessons from the Colorado State game in the rain, and and, and say, okay, well, we dealt with this here. This worked. This didn't, and uh, apply that to maybe another weather game. Yeah, you you know you obviously you get yourself in a position to let the kids understand what kind of worked for them. And there's yeah. some equipment things that you can do, and um, everything from you know keep and the balls dry those sounds like a simple little process so we thought we did a very good job with it last time and we'll do a good job of this time you know you the the positioning of saying hey when do you want to catch a punt are you going to catch a punt and um you know we didn't a couple of times so i thought the special teams guys and the kids handled that well and they were mature in their decision making which is good to see with the elements the way they were you don't want to put yourself in a position um with a wet ball to make a bad decision so yeah. you know i think you learn you learn on every time you go through something but uh yeah we'll see but um, i went down to 50 percent last time i looked so i'm, I'm hopeful that uh that's where it stays gary anderson coaches shows we're live here at wingers come by hang out with us um you know I, i've had a lot of people come up and i say you know where, where do you think jordan loves confidence level is and, and to me and i'm not around him every day I don't think confidence is an issue. I don't think there's any issues there. It's just, you know, for whatever reason, you're up against really good defenses. And you played against, you know, San Diego State's a great defense. LSU's really good defense. And I think, uh, you know, eventually things are going to start clicking like we usually expect it from Jordan Love. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And, you know, Jordan is the ultimate competitor. Um, trust me when I say this. Nobody wants to have success more than Jordan. And he wants to have it for his team and, and for – 
Aggie Nation. I mean, that's what he wants really more for himself. I truly believe that. And, um, you know, it's it's like I've said before, there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle. There's yep. a lot of situations, and it doesn't always go the way that you, you know, script it up to say, hey, this it's, uh, you, you run into a couple ruts along the way. And oh, for whatever reason they are, like you said, very good defenses. Um, I think San Diego State's proven that. I think LSU has proven that as they've gone through the year. And, you know, um, We've, we've done some good things and then had a bad weather, blah, blah. You can't blame it on anything you'd want to. But uh, me personally, I think Jordan Love is a tremendous quarterback. He's going to do some great things as he goes through there. And his supporting cast needs to help him. You know, we need to physically and not let people just say, okay, we're going to play this coverage in a, in, a, in a deleted box. If that's what they choose to do, then we need to pound them in the run game so they have to pay. If they want to load up the box, then we have to be able to throw the football. If they want to load up the box and play man coverage, then it's the wide receiver's job to get open so Jordan Love can throw him the ball in a good area. So there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle that has to be put together and it's, it's, it's off, you know, so many times just, well, what's the quarterback? What's the quarterback? Uh, this, yeah. It's a big part of it. He'll, he'll play great. Watch. He'll have a great year. Um, and like I said, he's going to have a heck of a decision to make at the end of the year because uh, he's going to be highly sought after uh, as he continues to go through this season the uh the other element to the offense i wanted to and and you know a lot of us in the media we ask really dumb questions and anticipate that you know and, and your response to this you've could never prob- asked me a dumb question in your oh life. i've asked a lot of dumb questions here in the past <laughs> and this might be one of them because your response to this well if i knew how to fix it, it wouldn't be a problem yeah. but red zone offense yes how can how can you address that how can you work on that well there's if, if you just look through time um and overall generally speaking yeah, you know, there's probably some spread coaches that would disagree with me on this, but the spread offense, when it gets condensed in the red zone, is not as successful as the offenses that are more packed in and more powerful in those situations, unless you have a seven, eight, nine play drive and the defense is just, you know, their tongues are hanging out because they're so tired and you just kind of roll them over and anything works. You can run it, you can throw it, do whatever. So the, the point to, for us is to be able to say the best thing you can do when you get in the red zone is have a physical presence and a, and a process that people are saying, hey, these guys want to run the ball down our throat. Uh, then it opens up the throw game, right? And so you, you strategically, you have to change back there. But when you're in a spread offense, it's a little more difficult in the red zone as it squeezes because now, you know, what was four underneath defenders is now six underneath defenders because the safeties are in the end zone with those other four guys. So it yeah. becomes much more difficult to throw the ball. The windows are smaller um, and the tendency to be able to, you know, bring pressure, even drop eight down there. The whole library is open to you on the defensive structure there much more so than it is in the uh, in the open field so uh, we do need to improve on it it's something that we've worked like crazy you know going down there and saying just getting points uh, at the end of the day that's not acceptable we got a great field goal kicker he'll put it through those three kids snapper holder kicker they do a great job of giving us a chance to be able to make field goals but you got to score touchdowns and if we're going to reach any of our goals any of the goals that we set for ourselves we've got to score touchdowns in the red zone or we won't continue to win games you look at our two conference games you know it's it's a great play here by Woody, it's Dom making a 48, 49-yard field goal in the wind, and it's wet, and it's this, and it's that, and it's a 10-point game, and we win. You know, that's yeah. those two plays. Same thing with the San Diego State game. You know, we've got to be able to get to that point. We all know that. We've accepted that, and as coaches and players, and they're excited to go compete. And there will be a time when the offense is going to bail us out and, and, and win games for us in a big way, I'm sure, down the line. So um, all three phases need to work to play well on that day, and if it's that their day to win the game, then they got to win the game on that day. If it's the other phase, they got to win the game. 
game on that day. So no offense to Dom, you'd rather him kicking extra points than field goals. Absolutely. Yeah, he's 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 kicked how many how many extra points? 144. So I don't know what it is. A lot. So yeah, he'll be good. But he he would rather kick extra points too. I promise you. Oh yeah, no doubt, <laughs> no doubt. We're live here at Wingers. Love for you to come by, and hang out with us as we continue on with the uh, coaches show, getting you ready for Utah State and Nevada. Um, I don't know if you're. Uh, you don't strike me as a guy that's going to sit back on a uh, random Saturday afternoon and watch a lot of uh, Netflix, but uh, but I, a lot of people did watch Last Chance You, and you're playing a quarterback who uh, uh, in Malik Henry who was on that show, and uh, and and now he's a starting quarterback in Nevada. What jumps out at you when you watch that young man on yeah. film? Yeah, I've, ne- I've never seen that show. So, um, but anyway, and don't plan on it. Yeah, I, what, I, what I've I heard would, about I it. I don't, I don't plan on it. It so. doesn't uh, it doesn't put college football in the best yeah, of light. That's for sure. Yeah, there's, yeah. Okay, good. So we'll leave that alone then. Yep. Um, so the, 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 he's a really talented young man. Um, you know, he's, he's uh, executed. He started one game, executed through some great deep balls, um, has a very nice touch on his deep ball, scrambles, makes good decisions when he needs to as far as getting out of the pocket. Um, and he led his team to a victory. You know, yep. it's, a, it's a small case study as far as what we've seen from him in one game. Um, but, you know, his team, I think, kind of you know rallied around him, did a good job, and they've gone through a couple quarterbacks. And so we're excited to have a chance to be, compete against him. And I know he was a highly recruited kid out of high school. Um, you know, got himself to the junior college, got himself eligible, and away he went. And now he's starting quarterback, so I'm sure he's excited for the opportunity to compete against us. You know, it's funny, and I know that uh, you know whether it be at Oregon State or whether at Utah last year, you've, you've recruited a lot of these kids around the conference, or at least know of them. I mean, I talked to you earlier in the week, and I mentioned the running back. You're like, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah. You know, I, was, I talked to him in recruiting. And there, there's probably not a lot of players that you don't have some level of knowledge on based on the recruiting process. Yeah, there's there's a lot of them, um, especially, you know, obviously on the West Coast. And you had a lot of those kids that uh, you cross paths with when you go through the recruiting world. And uh, when you start recruiting them so young now, right, they're, sometimes they're, yeah. you know, 10th grade, even 11th grade, and your, your lists are so long and so big that you become familiar with a large number of those kids, which is that it's a fun part of the process to watch these kids go through and, and then watch them have success. And um, if it's at your place, that's great. If it's somewhere else, it's great to have them have success. And unless it's against you we play yeah yeah i'll cheer for you 11 games out of the year exactly. just just not that one yep. hey uh something uh well it's certainly football related but not necessarily to this game but a, a big event coming up early, or earlier in the week how about uh jim lobb being yep. named to the uh, utah sports hall of fame that was yep. a cool honor it's an absolutely very cool honor and uh no one more deserving in my opinion i'm sure there's a lot of people that are very deserving of that honor but uh, what jim has done for utah state as a whole not just football obviously but for athletics and and the university as a whole and continues to do for the community um really of utah it's not just the community in cash valley it's utah as a whole and um the guy is an amazing amazing person and he's uh you know uh a, a zero ego um those things aren't his favorite thing to do have people yeah. pat him on the back but i think this one was very special for him and to him and uh you know i love the guy in utah state i speak for football and i'm sure the people say the same thing this place would have no chance to be where it is today if it wasn't for jim lob absolutely zero you know it's interesting too because there's some very visible things that that are noticeable because of jim lob but until I got really closely associated with the program a couple of years ago doing the play-by-play and traveling and stuff, there's a lot of things that people don't see yeah. that Jim Lobb does that's, <laughs> e- that's just as valuable as the other things. There, there really is. Um, you know, that, that list is long, and, you know, it's, uh, it's just, again, just a, a special, special 
person. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the way that they attack every day is they're going to go work hard. He's going to take care of his business. has been very successful in what he does. That's obviously true. But I, I think deep in the core of their family values is, is they have the opportunity to be able to give back and change lives, and they want to give back and change lives. And they expect to change lives when they give. They don't just say, here it is, just forget about it. When they give something, they expect to say, you know, to see results in a positive way. And I'm not even saying that's wins and losses. I'm just saying changing young men, young women, or whatever. Whatever he's doing, he wants to see success and change for the better um, when he gives to people. That's Gary Anderson. We continue on with the Coach Anderson Coaches Show. Uh, coming up next, if you got questions for Coach, you want to talk about Nevada, talk about the team, we'd love to hear from you. We'll have the wireless mic, so if you have any questions for Coach, uh, get ready. We'll ask those coming up next right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Welcome on back. We're live here at the Wingers in Logan. Just uh, attached to the Cache Valley Mall. Come by and uh, hang out with me and Coach and uh, the rest of the Aggie fans down here. All right, now it's time. If you've got questions, uh, don't be shy. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got a question for Coach, uh, raise your hand, and uh, Ajay will get you the uh, mic, and uh, we'll uh, – you can ask Coach a question about uh, Nevada or the team overall and uh, talk about the bye week and looking ahead because, Coach, at this point, um, there's no more bye weeks. I mean, it, they're coming fast and furious now. It's the stretch run. Yep, rolling seven, uh, seven opportunities and seven good football teams coming our way. So it's going to be a highly competitive. This, the very beginning of the year, we talked about how competitive this conference is going to be, and it's not has not changed. No. Um, and, you know, we're the midpoint of the season. There's still most of the conference games remain to be played, but I think we've seen what this league has done uh, outside of the league when they've competed against some very good football teams. What's happened? Did we win them all? No, but we won our fair share, and we've played very competitive football with some really good teams that, uh, you know, may have come up on the losing end in the conference on a few of them, but we won a bunch of them also. So, um, and it's going to continue to stay that way. you got to bring your A game every this week it's Reno then all of a sudden you jump in and it's going to be Air Force and you know then we go out of conference again and then we come back it's crazy but uh, it's going to be a battle it's going to be a fight and we'll see you know right now um everybody's still in it yeah oh <laughs> so yeah where we go i mean even san jose state now is racking up some yep. w's and yep. playing well nevada had to kick the field goal to yep. save that game last week so and you know so you know everybody looks you know thinks well boise state's on a tear but everybody else isn't too is, is right there with them there's no doubt and it'll be, it'll be an interesting game this weekend boise you know they're uh, is the hawaii is that who they got this uh, no, they no, got no, hawaii. air force yeah. got hawaii yeah yeah so air force got to go fly over there and air force is a great team and um, can't remember who Boise's playing, but it's somewhat, anyway, it doesn't really matter. But at the end of the day, you're correct. It's, there's there's battles there every single week on who BYU plays Boise. That's right. So that, that's why I couldn't remember it. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting game there. Um, I won't I won't I won't have you break that one down. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll avoid that one. Uh, but overall, though, you look at uh, the landscape of the Mountain West, and I mean, it is just. Air Force is going to be a problem for a lot of teams, and you got them here in a couple of weeks. And so, but I wanted to talk a little bit about Nevada with the with the pistol. Mm-hmm. What what are some of the uh, what are some of the problems that creates, and and 
is it kind of back, not necessarily what Air Force does, but just kind of the assignment sound fundamentals that maybe sometimes that the, that, that offense can create? The biggest thing I think the pistol does is it makes the run game so physical yeah. at the point of attack because the kid is taking the ball, he's running straight ahead three yards, and by the time he gets to you, he's got a full steam, and he's you know seven yards deep, basically six yards deep, and so he's got a real head of steam when he hits that hole. So in turn, it turns it into a more of a physical running game. It's more like the quarterback under center walking back to the running back and letting the running back get ahead of steam. Um, our run game and much of the spread run game when offset back, there's not the threat of the downhill run. He's handing gotcha. the ball either running sideways or he's handing the ball, you know, skipping and, and he's not that power coming at you. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. Um, the other thing is a lot of times when there's an offset back and defenses, uh, there's some advantages that you can try to gain with the back offset um, by how you adjust your defensive front, where you move kids, how they play in gaps and the shades, and you can't do that in the pistol. Now, on the flip side of that, it's very hard to protect the passer uh, during blitzing scenarios if you want the back to protect in the pistol because he's three yards behind the quarterback. He's got to run up and block somebody. So, you know, there's give and take in all things. So the the pistol is uh, something that they've used effective for a number of years. And, you know, Coach Alt did it forever. And, uh, um, you know, it's been it's been. It's been good, and that's their their base way to do it. But that's really the differences that I see. You know, I go back to, you know, you talk about the coaching history of you at Utah State, and a lot of people go to that Hawaii game um, as obviously a a huge turning point. I think the game against Nevada later in the year where – and I think that win got you bowl eligible. Mm -hmm. And and I think that was one of the games where people look at and say, okay, you know what – this team's a real deal. This team's going to be going bowling, and I think that was a statement win for you. Yeah, that was a, it was that was a tough one to get over. I can't remember what year it was, but we we lost to them at home. Um, you know, came down to an onside kick that we thought we got. That I still think James Brindley recovered it, but uh, they didn't give it to him. So I've got that one stuck in my brain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they were you know they were a very very good football team. Tough, physical, played the game the right way, and you had to earn your way to beat those guys. It wasn't just they're going to come up and say, okay, here's a game. You can go ahead and take it, and we'll just we'll go away easily um so that 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 was a that was a big big win uh gary anderson right here on the uh, gary anderson coaches show uh it wingers come by and uh, say hi and again if you got a question feel free to raise your hand and we'd love to hear from you uh coach when you look overall though as the landscape of the mountain west do you do a lot of scoreboard watching at this point of the season or and 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 see what else is going on or do you try to just keep focused on you no i i do i try to i try to stay ahead and last week during the bye week i took a lot of time to watch some film and watch everybody uh that i could possibly yeah. watch especially the next couple three teams that we have and um you know especially when you look at air force and it's such a different area you better have somebody that's can kind of stay ahead on especially on air force's offense our defensive side to get a little bit of a jump on those guys because it's such an abnormal scenario if you just wait until tuesday of game week to start preparing for air force from a staff standpoint or sunday night from a staff standpoint and the kids on tuesday you're probably gonna have yourself a real big problem especially when they're executing where they are this year but uh i watch the scores if there's a game on and stacy does a great job of taping every one of those mountain west games for me that i can possibly see and you know love watching them uh, a player that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about was Devin Tompkins. Um, it seems like Coach Sanford's really trying to find a way to get him as involved as possible because that guy's just so much fun to watch. He is. DT is very ex- explosive. And, you know, he's I th- the one thing you need to always remember in those situations is, yes, it's easy to say, hey, let's let's, let's get him the ball ten yeah, times yeah, a yeah. game. Yeah. It, it's just it's not that easy. Um, uh, we want to be able to get his hands on the ball and get him as many touches as he can. But we also have to remember he's still a young player. And the last thing you want to do with a young player is slow him down 
down mentally or slow him down physically. Um, and if you slow him down mentally, he's going to be slowed down physically. So we're you know continually letting it grow, letting it build, uh, giving the have hopefully have more opportunities to get the ball in his hand. But he's dynamic. Uh, he's a tremendous young man. Uh, his story is. Uh, awesome! It's a fantastic story. Yeah. I know, you know, he has a, he has a lot of support here in Cache Valley, and he needs it. He has a lot of support from um, the wives on this staff and from the coaches, and he needs that. You know, he has a family, he has two kids, and um, he's doing a great job of taking care of his business. But uh, you know, he needs he needs support and help that we can give him, and he has a smile on his face every day. And you know, it doesn't it seems nothing seems to face him, and he's worked so hard to get where he is, and very proud of him, and nothing but uh, great things to say about. Him off the field and on the field but he'll be a great he's going to be a great one but when he gets the hands in his the ball in his hands watch out is that is that a pitch you use in recruiting about look we've got a culture we have a community here where we feel we really support your son absolutely and then i and i don't feel like that's a you know we're, when we go out recruiting we talk about those things we're not selling it um we're just showing what we yeah, are and yeah. it's really is truthful and i think when people come here you know i had a young man today that uh called us in recruiting we've been recruiting him from he's from utah and we've been recruiting him for uh, a whole year and he's been up here a number of times came up for the camps for the summer and all the stuff that comes with it well <clears throat> he's not coming to utah state he's going to another school and um he had you know he probably had 60 offers as he went through but he called myself he called keegan and he called tj woods um all to just say, Coach, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. You're the best, and, and you know, we love you and all the stuff that comes with it. And so we, of course, say, well, it's not over. We're going to keep recruiting you. I don't care who has offered you or where you're going with it, and yeah. you're gonna, you think you've made a decision now. But I think that's just another point of when these guys get around us, from they're the high school kid, a transfer kid, or a JC kid, uh, they're going to feel the family environment, and it's real. I mean, our coaches, they are going to take care of you. They're going to help you if you have a problem. Um, and we're also going to push you we're not going to sit there and say it's just okay to be average but that's a word we're not going to talk about and I think our kids get that they understand it um, and so it creates that family environment where you can communicate and it helps us in recruiting but uh, there's nothing better than driving down the hill for me in the morning going to work and knowing that you helped a kid yeah. get somewhere moving forward in his life and that happens every single day in this job and that's the best part of it well and frankly with the uh, you know just honestly speaking here with the transfer portal you, you never want to burn a bridge. That's, there's no doubt. And it's, it's more so it's, uh, very, very, very true. And we've, we always try to you know, leave things in recruiting in a positive way, even though it's so competitive and the environment that you want to win and kids get confused and you know, they, can, they can make a bad decision or they can make a great decision. But the point is, is you, know, you, want, you want what's best for them, but you want to leave that window open absolutely with the transfer portal or wherever they end up going because we're going to recruit the high-level kid and we're going to go after the best of the best. And um, we're going to people are going to say no that's okay yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll find we'll find the guys that want to be here and the guys we need to be here uh let's uh real quickly before i uh, cut you loose keys of the game what do you need to do on saturday well i think we need to handle the elements if indeed the elements are a factor um that's uh and we need to we talked about it earlier we need to score touchdowns in the red zone uh we need to take care of the football uh, we need to get turnovers when the opportunities present themselves on defense um and i really think that you know the team that runs the ball effectively in this game is going to uh 
have a, a really good opportunity to win the football game. So running the ball for us and then stopping the run on the defense, which we've done a pretty good job of, uh, you know, to, to this point. So, um, and then things we always talk about, you yeah. know, third down, get off the field or stay on the field. One of the two when you get to those third downs. Coach, appreciate it. Looking forward to catching some of these two young men coming up next. But thanks for your time, and we'll do it again next week. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Go Aggies. There you go. Gary Anderson here on the Gary Anderson Coaches Show. Coming up next, Dominic Eberly and Chris Unga. Join the program next here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. All right, final segment of the show. You're listening to the Gary Anderson Coaches Show, but we moved Gary on. Time to, time to talk to the guys that make it happen as we have a chance to uh, catch up with Dominic Eberly, kicker extraordinaire for this Utah State football team, as well as Chris Unga anchoring that, uh, that D-line for the Aggies as well. So, gentlemen, thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. Uh, Dom, let's start with you. And, and I've heard you tell this story before, but let, let's go back for people that haven't heard this. And, and I know Coach gave you a little grief about soccer, but maybe if not for soccer, you're not playing football. Because yeah. uh, didn't you, like, airmail a, a shot once, and they're like, okay, that wasn't a good shot, but but maybe you should be kicking field goals. Yeah, basically. I mean, I was just playing high school soccer and uh, sliced a free kick and goes over, like, big old golf net that we have at Redondo, and one of my friends tells me, hey, you should probably, like, look into kicking and tried out for the freshman team, made it, and then by sophomore year I was kind of getting varsity reps, and there you go. So at what point did you think, you know what, I can – I can get my school paid for here. I can, I can, I can, I can actually play this at a pretty high level. Uh, probably junior year. I mean, I kind of rotated sophomore year, and then uh, one of my best friends was also the kicker, so we always competed. And junior year, he tore his groin, so yeah. I need to step up and be ready. And then uh, field goals, three attempts was two of three, and then the big thing was kickoffs. So yeah. in high school, you kick off from the 40 and had, I think, 59 touchbacks out of 61 kickoffs. So that's when I really realized that I needed to pursue this. And wherever I end up, like in a year or two, that's probably going to be a good spot. You jump out on the scene, Lou Groza Award finalist. Um, and I know last year you wanted to get back. This year, I know you want to get back again. Um, how do you feel like you're kicking right now? Uh, really good. I mean, I constantly talk to my coach, Brad Bond, about just form and what I can kind of improve on every single week to become even better. And, you know, that's something where if I'm a finalist, that's great. If not, then, you know, that's not what I can control. I can just control and putting together the best resume that I can by just making every single kick that I get out there to do. You hit a really impressive kick uh, in the rain uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, I think it was about, what, 45 yards around there and it was it was one that kind of put Utah State up by double digits and really gave them a little bit of comfort level there how difficult is it when let's just assume that it's Saturday and it's raining again um, how difficult is it to kick in the rain uh, I, I don't think it makes a difference I mean the only thing that you really feel is the ball doesn't fly as far yeah but besides that you just got to trust your form go out there and just make the kick just as if it was you know a a nice sunny day or anything I mean I don't let that bother me and the operation that we have with Brandon Potter and Aaron Dalton I mean we've done that thousands of times before with a dry ball or a wet ball so rain not necessarily an issue it's the wind that you probably don't like yeah I mean wind sometimes like in our stadium it twirls around yeah so you know you can be looking at one end of the field and it's going to the right and then you look at the other end and it's going to the left and you just have no idea what it'll sometimes do but that's something where you just got to adjust to it, like if it is heavy enough to affect it. But besides that, I don't really think about it. 
All right, Chris, time to chat with you a little bit. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hey, we're excited to chat with you again. We had a fun time last year uh, catching up with you on this show. Let's talk about your your uh, your story. How did you end up at Utah State? Uh, I was <clears throat> recruited uh, from, I think his name, uh, I forgot the O-line coach, but uh, Coach Wells actually. Coach Farmer? Uh, no, before that. We- uh, oh, Weber? Weber? Yeah, yeah okay. Weber. Yeah, coach gotcha. Weber uh, recruited me out of high school, and then uh, Coach Wells ended up in my uh, living room one day. But I made my decision to come here uh, solely on, like, the poly culture that Utah State has up here with Frank Milet and some of the guys that were here beforehand, like uh, Dani Fisilao and stuff like that. So uh, it, they kind of welcomed me, and it felt like home to me. And, uh, and, and I'm sure that was something you probably – picked up on pretty quick on the recruiting trip correct yes yeah 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 it felt that like i said it felt like home it felt like i was just you know back with the boys and you know the polyculture was strong and i felt it what is it uh is it, is it something that you take pride into you know the being a part of that polynesian community here yeah 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 it's something that we all take pride in you know we have a little uh poly community thing we have here with some of the boys on on the team and we try to you know bring other guys into it and uh you know it's something just to spread our poly love that we have for everybody well i'm sure too that coaches rely on you when they bring in recruits that are polynesian to make sure that 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 you relay the same message to them that was relayed to you when you were a recruit yeah exactly exactly every time we have a, a polynesian kid coming in they they always ask one of us and we we try to do our best to you know open up our weekends for them and try to show them the love that we had when we came um so i want to get a little background on the uh the 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 pregame um tradition did you start that no uh i didn't they 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 were doing it when i first got here but it was in a different um ethnicity so it was samoan when i first came here and then i think just last year we switched it up to becoming a tongan thing yeah and that's why they had me leading because uh, i was one of the tongan leaders on the team so when uh when you wrap up your time at utah state are you going to make sure you pass that on to somebody else then? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully uh, I find the right person. To, to Is that going to be your decision? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so you're always kind of like evaluating, like who's going to be the guy? I've, yeah, got a, exactly. I've got a tradition that has to live on uh-huh. here. Yeah. I love it, man. Uh, talk about playing with this group. You've got a good group of defensive linemen out there. This is It's a special, special unit. Uh, what makes you guys so good? Uh, I think we love football. Everybody comes to practice every day. Everybody comes to the games with the same mentality um, of physicality. And I think that's what you need as a front to be physical and love to, you know, take on those blocks and, and have just that game where it's just you and the other guy in front of you and you guys are just going at it. Yeah. Um, and I know you lost a brother in, in Fua uh, who's, who's gone for the year. Yeah. At, at that point, you just kind of you're like, look, you know what? We've got to band together and find a way to get it done, even if one of our guys isn't here the rest of the way. Yeah, it was a tough loss losing him, especially in the first game, the yeah. first week. Um, but you know, we 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 came together as a D line, and you know, we always put his number on our in our arm before every game. You know, just to remember him, we, we won't forget. Well, you know, it's a big loss for us, but we got to come together and try to move forward with what we got, and hopefully, it works out for us. Talk about your position, coach. That's a fun guy right there, man. Yeah, <laughs> Coach A. Yeah. Oh, I love him. Sometimes, you know, when I first. It was a big transition for me working from Coach Milet and then Coach A. You know, Coach yeah. A's the head guy. And Does that make things a little different when your position coach is actually it, the head coach? Yeah, it does. But it's I love it because he kind of doesn't 
act like the head coach while he's your D-line coach. When he's yeah. in your room, he just acts like a normal coach. And, you know, that, that makes it comfortable for you because it's, it's not like you're talking to the head guy. It's just another coach. And that's what I love about him. He keeps all that head coach stuff outside of, outside of our meeting rooms, and it just makes it comfortable for us. Health-wise, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, yeah. I'm, is this wood? I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's talk. Let's get back to special teams, Dom. Uh, when you uh, – what, what, what is your week like? Because so many – you know, the rest of the guys are looking at game plans and they're looking at, you know, different ways they're going to attack different teams. Uh, is there a lot of that from your perspective as well as you prepare for, for an opponent? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Coach Collins is one of the best special teams coordinators that I've been around. And just from a scheme standpoint, I mean, we're looking at pretty much everything that yeah. the other team does on special teams and trying to find some sort of exposure, whether that's on kick return, whether that's on our kickoff by having some sort of specialty kick maybe lined up or just, you know, generally looking at punt schemes and punt return schemes. I mean, he really knows what he's doing and, you know, he's one of the best I've been around every single week. It's different. And for that, you know, like every single day we have some sort of emphasis uh, and, you know, just having that emphasis on special teams, which really is a third of the game, is why every single time that we play a game, we feel like we can win just because of special teams. And then when you also look at the landscape of what you do on a week-in and week-out basis, people think about the extra points, they think about the field goals. You mentioned kickoffs early, and I know that's something you take a lot of pride in, trying to, trying to avoid those returns as much as possible. Exactly. I mean, oftentimes they just throw back their best athlete yeah. on the field. And, you know, a lot of people just kick to him or, you know, they get a good enough kick where he can return it. But you really want to take that person out of the game because he can be such a weapon. I mean, look at Savon. He's yeah. the best returner in the country. And by just kicking to him, you can guarantee yourself seven points here or there. And that's really something that I take pride in where kicking away from him, kicking it out of the back of the end zone or just finding a way to really steal a possession. I feel like that genuinely helps the team. Uh, what do you feel like on a – the weather's perfect, you're in Maverick, no rain, no wind. What do you think your range is you feel comfortable with in a game? Uh, within 60 yards. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, hold is perfect, all that stuff. Yeah, within 60 yards, I feel like I have a good enough leg. Do you uh, – I mean, whenever they're, you know, they're hovering around that 35-yard line, um, you, do you do they come to you and ask you, like, hey, can you do this? Or is that predetermined maybe before the game? Uh, predetermined, but sometimes we've had those games where the wind does switch around or anything like that. And then I'll tell coach, like, hey, I'm good from, you know, like even if it's a deeper distance, like 62 or 63-yard yeah. field goal, if the wind had switched, then I'll tell him that. And if not, I will also tell him that, you know, it might be a little shorter. It might be just a 51-yard field goal that would be able. But the important thing is being honest. You can't, you know, you, you have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of confidence in yourself, but you also want to be honest with yourself exactly. and not put the team in a bad position. Exactly. I mean, Coach Collins and Coach A both trust me with that, and I always tell them, like, hey, like, I'm 100% confidence from this range. Yeah. And, you know, if they want to take a deeper shot, that's fine, but I will always just be honest with them. I love it. Well, gentlemen, thanks for coming by. Good luck this weekend. Always good catching up with you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank That's you. Chris Unga as well as uh, Dominic Eberly. Remember, game coming up uh, on Saturday. Pre-game show will begin at 7, kickoff at 8.15 at Utah State and Nevada. You've been listening to the Gary Anderson Coaches Show on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. 
on the Aggie Sports Network. This has been the Aggie Coaches Show with Coach Gary Anderson. Brought to you by Ford. Go further. Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Wingers. They're freaking amazing. And by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Driven by you. The proceeding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Aggie Sports Network.